further clarification, let The Rock tell you in Chinese. Yes, Allah, rise and praise, infidels. It's Monday morning, channelattitude.com. And it's time to kick in the forbidden door, break out all the forbidden windows with all the HMG Suzuki goons as we break down all the weekend news, heat reports, and hot CM Punk chatter to kick off your week here. HMG, channelattitude.com. YOLO, Domo, Arigato. <laughs> Oh, what's good, guys? What's good, man? Might be solo, might be not. I sent the link out to the vet. Uh, our own RBV got called in by the National Hot Rod Association, so he's uh, got to do some filling work this morning, but no worries because it's another big cannabis day here at HMG, so if we punch in and punch out real quick, I don't have issue with that because it's going to be uh, probably a 15-hour workday, but hopefully we're kicking off your workday, you guys, here live youtube.com ben hameen channel uh demonetized as always and twitch.tv slash hameen media had a great time at the friday night smackdown live self-help group group yeah man and uh then uh just a, a big weekend of uh getting shit done more than anything just non-stop hopefully you guys had a good one it was pretty hot and muggy here so definitely busted a sweat but that's always good if you're trying not to be a fat bastard and uh <laughs> checking in with everybody last night for a little while uh, while uh forbidden door was going down it seems uh uh that you know uh, people seem to enjoy most of it i didn't see a lot of bad feedback by any means uh it's just who are these guys <laughs> i did like mjf's robe that said uh new japan is an indie which he's not really wrong in my opinion on that they might have regional tv locally us but nobody knows who these guys really are you might see them on a pwi 500 list but unless you're a hardcore supermarket japanese wrestling fan nobody knows who the fuck they are but some guys uh really showed out and proved uh, and here's the other thing talking to referee cyburns he kind of made a good point that Really, it's a plague across the world that nobody can make new and great stars because even in this show that we're opening the Forbidden Door, these are guys who've been working for, what the one guy who said they've been working for 31 years? <laughs> Those hot new rookies crossing over, you know? Uh, the guy who fought Punk, and, uh, you know, I thought that was that was pretty solid. And um, the guy Sonata really impressed me with Jungle Boy. That guy's got money written all over him. I, I thought that... Uh, that's a dude I wasn't uh, too familiar with that's got leading man good looks. He's got that Yakuza vibe to him, too. <laughs> so that's probably why he's over. Um, but from what I watched, which is about four or five matches, I enjoyed what I saw before I got burnt out because I'd seen everything by the fourth match. There wasn't anything left for them to do whatsoever. But uh, we're doing it real big as the chat room fills up here live. Double A Andresen in the house with the with the bits cheer out of Twitch this morning. Appreciate you, homie. There's a lot, usually more hanging out in uh, the YouTube chat room, uh, but that's fine, man. Wherever you want to, it just depends on how interactive you are. If you're just here to listen, appreciate you. No doubt, no worries. 
but yeah, man, what I don't even remember what I did. I beat sideburns in golf. I think that was uh, the highlight of my weekend over uh, Forbidden Door. But uh, two CW management was in the house. They actually got uh, their seats moved. It was funny. I was like, uh, the sideburns keep an eye out for Lovins and and JD Love and. Uh, you guys probably don't know him. His name's Justin, but he was a two CW super fan, but he was, uh, the kid at, uh, like on the ramp and he would have the OJ was guilty sign or whatever. Uh, he's a, he's a local guy too, that goes with him. So they were in the upper right-hand corner of the screen on hard cam every time they went wide. So it was cool to, uh, be able to spot Chris Levin's white beard and, uh, text, uh, Josh, my, partner in crime but my partner in crime today has arrived i can't say thank you enough because doing the running right now it's the vet baby he's in the house for the monday locker room morning vet good morning ben yeah man i appreciate that i know it's uh last minute but uh your schedule is uh you know perfect. you're always on awesome <laughs> schedule and uh so now i just check my notifications because i can't be uh I yeah. can't be assured that they're going to push through. I've got to manually check and make sure I had a link. And I was like, ah, Ben's probably good this morning, but let me just look anyway. Oh, shit. Here's a link. So here I am answering the uh, vet signal. The only thing I say is that uh, now I haven't finished watching Forbidden Door. So if we mm -hmm. could avoid any, um, you know, results talk, sure. but we can talk about overall feelings and stuff if you like. Yeah, uh, I can just uh, touch on it because I only made it through about four or five matches. But oh, those, okay. All right. Those first three or four that I saw, I was pretty impressed, man, with the, the booking, the stories they told. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I'm not uh, cute. I, I hear the names, but I couldn't tell you any of these guys' matches. But. Uh, right. I liked I, I liked that guy Sonata a lot. You know, mm -hmm. Hyundai mm -hmm. Sonata was really good, uh, and uh, he just has that Yakuza gangster vibe to me. Good looking, Jack, he like is. above everybody else, man. He he had a real aura about him. I was impressed with that guy, and and to have. Uh, did you watch that match? Or I no? did. I did, and it was it was interesting because you know, like we discussed on Light the Fuse a couple of weeks ago, it was like. The guy that has no charisma and is trying to have some versus the guy that does have charisma is trying not to. Right. And that's the <laughs> that's the story. So um, it was an interesting match, and the finish was weird. Like, it was very yeah. – uh, something happened. I don't know what happened, but something right. definitely happened there. I, I couldn't tell you, though. But I mean, the biz coming out of that is Jungle Boy's heel turn, you know. and I, Terrible. I, I, yeah yeah that's the I most that that's the most hook sold in his entire life combined until now was one clothesline on the ramp and he just lay there for like 20 minutes but that's the whole thing should have grabbed the belt out of his hand and hit him with the belt yeah that's why mm -hmm. i was like god damn we got that and then he picks it up and throws it i'm like Ugh. we just were a little bit like off there i like taz's reactions and stuff though you know what i mean of like reserved but concerned at the same time and pissed um and then uh, I thought, uh, forgive me, I already forgot his name, but I know he's a 31-year-old vet. So uh, the guy who, who Punk faced. I, Kojima? I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. Kojima. I thought aside from some of the stupid get-your-shit-in stuff back and forth, if I'm doing his finisher, I hate the machine gun chops. They're so mm -hmm. phony as fuck. Uh, but I get it. That's their style. Um, I thought that was pretty solid, too, to be honest with you, man. I, I like that match. and. Obviously, Punk's an A-plus worker when it comes to the ring politics or whatever aside. So uh, I thought they, they were doing it. And then uh, and to open up with simple wrestling, MJF style is exactly mm -hmm. what we've been taught on shows to mm -hmm. not do too much, keep it simple, give them a pin. So 
I thought those ones now, by the time we got to the fourth match with Bucks and all them or the 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 ten man, we've seen everything. And there's still seven more matches to mm-hmm. go. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. I was like, All right, we've seen it. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Um that's the the difference between a guy like Punk, if you take all the extracurricular stuff out, you know, aside and you just look at the guy in the ring, the difference between a guy like that, knowing how to lean into all that extracurricular stuff and realize, hey, I'm not necessarily going to be the babyface in this. So I can work a match where I'm kind of the heel, but I'm not really, you know, not betraying my fans. Right. You know, like there's so many guys that would just walk into that situation get booed out of the building and be like, Oh, well, I already planned my match in the back. So I got to, you know, (laughs) you know, and they, and they're not going to do those little things in between to like really egg on the crowd and get them to continue to boo and stuff like that. That's what working is. Working isn't doing moves. Working is knowing your situation and adjusting things on the fly. Even if you have, you have talked about your match and you have this plan of what you're going to do, the skeleton of what you're going to do, but making those little Mm -hmm. tweaks, that you don't necessarily need to let the other guy in on, but just you are in control of the situation. That's what working is. And that's the part of our business bin. That's like slowly dying off. Like as, as people get away from that and get more into just like the action and the trying to manufacture the excitement because they're afraid of people losing interest, changing the channel. People have short attention spans. They are not going to put up with a bunch of stuff. So they try to create this excitement and then they end up, you know, burning everybody out because you've seen everything. Like you said, at the halfway point in the card, you've seen everything. So now everybody's kind of like, eh, you know, uh, so that that's kind of the conundrum that we're in. But overall, um, yes, yeah, Stevie. Well, he he would know. <laughs> Stevie Richards. I want to say. I want to say Stevie Richards right now. Not too many people may be aware of this. One of the handful of people in the world with a clean pinfall victory over Okada. So, you know, shout out to Stevie Richards. Excellent, excellent man. Yeah, for sure. Somebody had to beat him. Finally, I yeah, did man. like that they made the AEW baby faces into heels but not doing a ton of heel shit but just by simple things of i'm gonna strike first but to define that uh you know we're not wrestling or i'm gonna do that they didn't have to go big into eye rakes and all kinds of maniacal stuff but basic wrestling of wrestling who strikes first will become the heel i thought they did that pretty well in what i watched you know what i mean and i expected uh plenty of get your shit in stuff but a lot of the guys worked very just heel style that that was simple and i thought that was impressive to me not a lot of fans will understand that or why but early on in the card that was a lot better than like let me do dives and all this type of shit that i gotta do and i'm supposed to be a heel so yeah so far nice show i i I, i think it was definitely better than last year uh, we're getting more of the matches we were promised and less yeah. less people pulling out and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, so far it's, it's pretty good. Interested to finish it, um, but uh, good stuff all around so far. Here's one thing not good and why I tapped out, though, when I looked and heard just even in the HMG uh, discussion. Group. Group. 13 matches, bro. This is mm-hmm. where this is where we're Indie Booker 101. Um I work Canada for Crossfire, obviously. You got their title. 
Chris LaPlante is one of the, the smartest promoters. And when most shows were on six, maybe seven matches tops, perfect amount. Come back to New York. You got tons of students. Everybody brings their students, wants them on the show. Plus somebody else brings somebody who is over who politics and somebody else who does too. So now we add two more matches of the show. So then we go from eight to 10 and then I get super pissed off because I'm not just for my own get my shit in reasons, but I'm usually semi main event, main event, depending on who the star is. Right. And we have to set it up with some WWE promo in the beginning to get to the main event. Well, if you got fucking 11, 12, 10 matches on your show, by the time you get there, half your crowd is going to be checked out or actually gone and leave. So that I fucking get so tired of having to deal with promoters of being like, put no more than eight matches on the show. Okay. Okay. I will get to the show. 11 matches. Okay. We're fucked. You just fucked this whole show. Well, he just brought this guy. I don't give a fuck if they brought this guy or that guy. So the same ignorance is pervasive and, and this is basic booking 101. And Tony is obviously not listening to anybody or nobody's telling him 13 matches on a show is two full shows. And you're, 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 if you really want to do it, then make it a WrestleMania weekend. But if you do it in one show, your entire show suffers because by the fifth match, everybody's done. Everybody is done. They've seen five 20 minute matches and you've seen every fucking move. So what else is there aside from people's entrances? So that this is easy promoter stuff of, did I learn from my mistakes? I guess I better not book double digit matches. Yeah. If you're going over nine and you're Tony Khan, you just need to stop, pump the brakes. Not everybody is that important. If the mm -hmm. business is that good, then let's save it for fucking Wednesday and we'll make our show better that way and give them the payoff match on Wednesday. But when I saw 13 matches, I go, we're amateur hour. Just even mm -hmm. seeing that gives me um, a trigger point of myself of having to promo a fucking promoter of being like you just fucked the show for us all the business we've built to for six months is now yeah. fucked on this show because you you said yes to some guys who hey can we just get this we'll only go five minutes and we'll only do oh so yeah. now you're gonna go on the pre-show but make sure you do some dives and a couple fucking false finishes too because well, let's eat up all those on the card it's it that that amateur hour shit really gets to me that I uh, I hear that this is a common problem on the indies, uh, where yeah. it, the thing you described, where people are showing up and getting added and stuff like that. So, and then uh, the promoter goes, "Fuck, we lost money." Yeah, if you <laughs> if you would have cut your roster in half and fucking only done six matches, you might walk out with a, a four or five hundred dollars in your pocket instead of coming out well, yeah, two grand you're, under you're, on a show. Your your payoffs increased, but your house didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you added more wrestlers, not Dude, more it's, it's not more audience business. members. Right. So so um but but anyway, uh couple things. Like I'm not sure what the split was there, but when I watched the zero hour thing, I think there were like four matches on that. So if you got four out if you got four matches on a little a little pre-show thing and then maybe nine matches on the main card that's still a tad long but uh you know that that it makes it sound like when you say that it's like 13 matches on the main card which i don't think it was the math just doesn't add up i don't think there are that many matches but um i would say for a, a for an event like this if you're doing like an annual thing where you've got a cross promotion and your show runs a little long 
I think that's the time to do it, if ever. Uh, maybe not for just your regular pay-per-views, which they also do. Like just your your you, you know whatever it is, like um, what what's the revolution or or any of these other AEW pay-per-views, double or nothing, all in, all out, whatever. You know, um, those shows tend to run long or whatever. I believe the Forbidden Door main card ran under four hours, which that's uh, pulling it in under four hours. Not too bad for AEW, right? But That's a problem, um, bro. But again, if you're talking about getting two companies under one roof for an annual thing, and if people know to expect that, that's okay. Now, because they always do it, it's just par for course, and maybe that's got to get looked at at some point. Um, but... You know, but if I'm in the main event, I'm pissed mm -hmm. off. Now there's there's nothing left for me. Yeah, well, most people in the main event aren't Danielson and Okada, so they don't have anything to worry about. The people already know what they're getting, and they're waiting for that. And so they're almost like their anticipation for that main event carries Mm -hmm. through all the other matches that they might have less interest in because they're like, I'm going to spend some of my excitement on this, but I'm not really going to, you know, drain the, like drain the, uh, the tank completely. I'm still going to have plenty because I'm still hyped for this thing that I never thought I get to see. And I get to be in the building for Right. watching the show from top to bottom. I think Tony or whoever, maybe he collaborated with somebody, but they, the card order from the opening matches to the main event, I thought actually one of the better ones that he's done. You know, I, they I had, they put like, yeah. they put a, uh, the, the two big matches that are selling this show are that main event and the Will Ospreay Omega rematch. And in between those, they stuck the, uh, I believe, cause I, like I said, I didn't watch, but I believe they stuck the Suzuki Jericho, th- that six man thing in between them as a buffer. Like we used to call it the, <laughs> remember, I don't know if i remember other people at ovw calling it this and joking around i don't remember if this got around to you you guys in your circle or whatever but we used to just call it the the triple h divas match where he would put like a a a rotten divas match right before his main event title match so that his his boring match seemed a little bit better well Uh, in in 2cw we call it the shitty six uh it'd be a six man of all card and undercard guys right yeah we the shitty six is a thing the triple h divas match is a thing the point is it's a buffer so that you have a hot match and then you let people come down a little bit a let me up match perhaps that's terminology that bruce pritchard has let people in on um but you have a you have like a, something in between those things and and so just from the from the opening to the end it looks like the card is decent and kept the people uh engaged throughout so i'll give them uh, props on that excellent um, excellent so Hartnett's Hartnett. in the house yeah love for john sure. johnny johnny public's up early thanks a lot to uh, you guys uh, filling in uh, this past week as well uh, great reviews on Light the Fuse with RBV. Like I said, he got called in from the National Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper Association to come in and do some race car stuff this morning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate the vet being here. And you guys, too, as we approach 30, getting to 33 soon enough, I'm sure, in the live chat, twitch.tv slash Media, Ben Humming YouTube channel. And as always, channelattitude.com you guys uh actually i'll play at the end of this too i should have played it at the beginning but everyone will be here uh spike from uh, jeff lane to check your emails because we have been doing a lot of updates behind the scenes at channelattitude.com and you may need to refresh that rss feed or uh, actually reset a password so 
it'll be coming from info at channelattitude.com in your email. Make sure you uh, whitelist that or check your spam folder if you don't see it. Uh, maybe nothing will happen. Jeff just wanted me to mm-hmm. put that information out there so he doesn't get inundated. But uh, thank you for all of the feedback on uh, the Channel Attitude launch in the last year. Um, that really helped shape what we did behind the scenes to expand and add more shows. And there's a new show added now, uh, AEW wreckage, uh, HMG wreckage for collision review with Chris Ams and the vets in the house and, uh, and all of your favorite HMG hosts. So, you know, no extra cost. We're going to keep covering. I'm a little behind. I got to do a, uh, consultants this afternoon as well. So we'll be producing nonstop after uh, I do the, Smackdown live review with uh, Big Stevie Cool. So big day here at HMG, breaking it all down for you guys. But we want to make sure you're getting your show. So make sure if you have any issues at all, check that email or do whatever you need to do on the, on your back end. It's like, yeah, on your back end. Yeah. Uh, here, <laughs> sign this. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, man. Um, Best inversion, Ben. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, Yo Jimbo. If you're looking for inversion tables, I'm sure Stevie Richards' <laughs> review uh, yeah, will be review. able to tell you exactly what you want to do and what the best inversion tables are, man. Uh, but shit, let's get to the headlines and punch in and punch out real quick uh, so we can do all this. So you, you mentioned... Let's uh, show TK how it's done, Ben. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, well, good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, in that um, match that was dream booking, probably the biggest dream booking match on the the card, uh, Brian Danielson versus Okada last night, uh, I had seen that Brian Danielson wasn't 100% going into the match. Now, I don't know if that means bell rung, body aches, shoulders out, all the above, you know. Um, and one thing before I read and read this, Brian Danielson, I, I was looking at the, the picture they put out. He's looking more and more like, even though he's got a beard in his face, I see Clint Eastwood all the time, like an aging Clint Eastwood. He, he's starting to look more and more like him. I don't know if that's something we should lean into with him, uh, or not, but, uh, interesting. I don't know. Vegans. <laughs> Brian Danson suffered a fractured forearm at Forbidden Door, and he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Oh, uh, about an hour after forcing uh, New Japan star Okada to sorry, but tap out and God win damn. the main event match, uh, Brian Danson revealed that post-AEW New Japan Forbidden Door media scrum that he suffered a fractured forearm in a freak accident when he gave Okada a simple elbow drop about with about 10 minutes left of the match. Uh, Danielson said his arm wasn't in a safe space when Okada performed the move, said he's been told the injury will keep him out of action for six to eight weeks. Uh, I mean, you can get hurt on the simplest things most of the time. Um, it's a com- compounding of injuries. But, you know, Brian Davis has been on commentary really helping Blackpool Combat Club get over uh, in their segments, and I think he's done a really good job of that uh, in past weeks without having to wrestle. So it's not like he can't continue down that path where, you know, he, he can go right back and doing that and talk shit on the mic about his broken arm. It'll give him something. Maybe it'll give him some uh, Bob Orton uh, spots as well. Uh, do you think Triple H came in uh, to the locker room and just looked at his arm and said, that arm's broken, I can tell from here, like he did uh, with Cody? Or- <laughs> it's possible. Um, it's definitely possible to tell if somebody's got a broken arm by looking at it. I know because when I broke my arm, Rip looked at it and said, well, that's fucking broken. So. <laughs> 
you just have to become a top guy and you can uh, spot broken arms a mile away. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but yeah, man, that's uh, that sucks. But I'm glad I'm like, I'm glad it's his arms broken instead of being like uh, he can't remember his name because he got shoot kicked in the fucking head six times, you know. So um, who knows, man? But if he was banged up going into Forbidden Pay Per View, uh, Forbidden Door Pay Per View what else is it you know so maybe this six to eight weeks will be enough to let whatever else kind of be on the mend and heal but as rip would also tell us boys takes you about eight to ten years before you fucking start to get this shit and then you do it for about four or five years and your body fucking gives out on you right when you Mm -hmm. right when you get good at it (laughs) and it seems like we're seeing this with him right here you know what i mean big time that his body's telling him something because if he's already on the shelf and not really wrestling and doing commentary for five to six weeks and was still in rough shape going into it, then, uh, you know, how much worse could it get, I guess. It's something we've seen with Danielson for a long time, even longer than just recently. You know, he does not uh, have any regard for his own personal safety. That cost him a huge portion of his career. He was lucky enough to be able to come back and continue his career and now he's spent about as much time out of the ring as he has in it because of intermittent problems, whether disclosed or undisclosed. Like if mm. he's keeping concussions that he's suffering close to the vest and not telling anybody, uh, whether he's breaking arms in front of everybody, um, he just doesn't. So it's funny because this match was built around the idea of who's the best in the world, right? And I guess that means different things to different people. One of the things to me when I'm look, the reason I believe Okada is the best in the world doesn't have nearly as much to do with just his uh, his actual skill or things like that in terms of like whether he's flashy or whether he's charismatic or things like that. The reason I one of the things that makes him the best in the world is that you have to really, really go out of your way to get injured working with him because he's one of the safest people I've ever seen work at a top level. The way he takes care of people and he structures his entire move set around, um, you know, people not really taking bumps. I mean, his moves are a clothesline, a drop kick, a top rope elbow drop, which somehow Danielson managed to get hurt on, um, you know, a tombstone pile driver, which is on his knees, um weird little neck breaker things which again is on his knees like there's very few like really hard vicious bumps that he asks his opponents to take in these matches so you know the only other guy i can think of that famously got hurt in a match with okada was shibata when he gave himself that hematoma and he did that by headbutting okada in the back of the head and hurting himself so you know i knew that when danielson whether he's a hundred percent 50% or whatever, if he's in this main event match, he can have the match he wants to have and stay relatively safe because Okada is not the guy that drops people on their head, power bombs them on the floor. He doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, You know, the only person that could be even remotely this safe is Zack Sabre Jr. because he'll just tie you up in knots and you won't have to take any bumps, really. Um, So I, I find it kind of ironic that somehow Danielson gets hurt again uh, in a match with the safest guy there is mm. i i it, it's 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 a message like you said like this is are you getting are you getting the signal brian like maybe if you're not going to take care of yourself um you certainly can't be called the best in the world 
uh, because the best in the world will take care of themselves and the other guy. Um, yeah. So maybe your maybe your spot is on commentary now. Maybe you never should have unretired. I'm never the kind of guy that will tell somebody like him what he should or shouldn't do because if like let's say he stayed retired but he thought he could unretire that would make him miserable for the rest of his life and it would make his wife miserable and make his kids miserable because he'd always be thinking like what if i came back so coming back finding out maybe you can't do this anymore maybe that'll give him the closure to step away for good before something really tragic happens uh, yeah man I, I hope not especially with little ones at home okada shibata Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. We're going to do da -na 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 -na. it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I am impressed with the way he works. And I like uh, even his character while he's working as Zack Sabre Jr. Somebody I haven't followed a ton, but I'm aware of. Uh, I don't like, I mean, I get what the spot is, but that one where he, it's the Rubik's cube or whatever, where you grab your own nuts and lace your legs over it. And then he lets you lay there like a moron face down. I just can't get my arms out from under my legs. I don't know until he kicks you in the ass. I was like, that's, fucking oh, that was Sonata, stupid. right? Yeah. 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 That was that. I didn't, I didn't like that spot, bro. Uh, I, I seen Zack Sabre jr. Do it too. Um, but, uh, yeah, like that, that to me, I, I don't like that. Spot. <laughs> it's dumb. Um, da, 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 da. but, uh, I don't know when it comes forward. I, I think he might just be the guy who, if he can get him off camera, it's going to hurt Blackpool combat club to some degree. Uh, but if, why not make him the head of creative, uh, on collision? I know he wants in on it. Let's just take him off camera and make him office full time. So we're not splitting focus and doing this and that. And he's got great value. Then this is your job. You, you, what else is there for you to accomplish? You just fought Ogata. You've been WWE champ. You've been fucking everything else in the world. There's no storyline that's really that much bigger than this. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I think now maybe the time writings on the wall and your body's trying to tell you something the universe is you know and i think you're right on with that but yeah hopefully he finds some peace with that and it, you know he's got to be around it yeah. so being in that capacity where you just get to coach guys verbally and and maybe just show them like a little you know a quick little a quick little uh chain wrestling hold or two you know to tighten yeah. things up that's about as much as we need uh, him for these days yeah um the, we're backing up to last wednesday because it was kind of a hot button i've got some inside intel that hasn't hit the sheets here so monday locker room exclusives and yeah well inside stooge report from the boys and we'll keep the <laughs> the names of the innocent yeah uh, yeah okay. we'll, we'll throw them off the trail so you know it wasn't who you think it was but it might have been who you think it is but it really wasn't who you thought it was uh, <laughs> uh but uh top name in aew reportedly left dynamite in a bad mood is it really professional wrestling if somebody isn't upset about something? Uh, Sean Raft, good opening uh, line there from wrestling. Yeah, he's right. Uh, cough button. CM Punk's return to collision on June 17th, not mentioned his appearance on the following Wednesday on Dynamite, has apparently been met with mixed reactions. In the, in the week's uh, Observer, Meltzer Seltzer reported a top name left Wednesday's Dynamite in a sour mood. Uh, Punk's return on collision debut and... Uh, 
the heated media scrum, all that shit. Da, da, da. It just goes through this. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say that yeah. to somebody in AEW they could say Daniel Garcia is a top name? I mean, goddamn. He's, <laughs> he's had so many main event matches. He's gotta be a top name, right? <laughs> Probably the only time I've really ever popped for Daniel Garcia was last night when the uh Japanese uh ring announcer said his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said it made me laugh. It was good. Um yet even with a talent involved at Brawl Out being kept separated uh, Wednesday night to the point the Elite only appeared via pre-taped segments. That didn't stop the top name in question from believing this arrangement isn't destined to work out in the long run. Meltzer noted the individual described the situation as a ticking time bomb and will not end well. For what that's worth, one half of FTR, uh, a man who teamed up with Punk's uh, return for his match, tweeted Friday, Dax Harwood, pushing back against any reported divisiveness Wednesday night. If there is any divisiveness, that a certain individual's reporting. I didn't see it at all. Uh, in caps, Harwood wrote, check the collision locker room, too. This is a family. <laughs> uh, ready for the truth? Okay. <laughs> Uh, a couple things here. So what what is the situation that we have now? Punk comes back, gets his own show. We keep them separated, so we think they're going to be over there. Wednesday night, we have a pre-tape. Elite, the, the Elite wasn't even in the building. So this fucking story is already half-assed to make it think like that they were there and Punk showed up. They weren't, which means they got kayfaved by the fucking boss to not have to be there and if your vps are evps aren't there isn't that their job to help produce the fucking main tv show so now things are sketchy right possibly um and i was in a car with a former promoter <laughs> who was talking to an evp and said they got kayfabed on all of it and they weren't happy about it so Right there, we have some big shiz going down. That being said, uh, with the ticking time bomb, I heard there was an incident at Dynamite in the locker room with Phil getting in a talent's face, promoing them, and then inviting them to go outside and throw down. So uh, this shit is not going to stop. It's going to fucking definitely boil over. And the fact that you got uh, the the lines coming out is everything's fine. Da, 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 da. All I do is go to my Triple H brain. OVW will always be part of WWE. It, you know, any absolute that is. And dude, I was in a cannabis uh, OCM meeting, Office of Cannabis Management. The fucking main dude gets up. They all applaud for each other. We want to let you guys know we're going to be behind you for the next five years, every step of the way, no matter how the industry changes. I go, and all the people in the fucking crowd, all the civilians are going, oh, good. We've got their guarantee. I go, <laughs> this is not going to end well, bro. We got to do it all ourselves and depend mm -hmm. on no one because I've, mm -hmm. I, I just sat there and go, I've heard this exact fucking speech verbatim before, but people who aren't workers are just like taking it at face value, you know? So yeah. um, there are big things going into Forbidden Door. Just think about the political aspect alone of kayfabe and your EVPs who should be there helping run the show before you even get to punk starting shit in the locker room with other under talent. Mm. Um, well, just real quick, a question. Like if you're an EVP, look, we... <laughs> Evie, come on like we know this is just a title we are not giving it, what, what you know 
what what skills do these guys have what qualifications do these guys have is is none well here's the thing when you have the title you can decide what your qualifications are what you're qualified to do or not if you decide you want to step back from everything and be like hey none of this is my problem i'm just i'm just getting the evp paycheck i don't actually the bucks were good at aside from being in the ring and being cute ghoul guys what are they really incredible at that no one else can do move fucking t-shirts yeah like marketing in in viral media marketing geniuses from the bullet club and bucks t-shirts and that came out of two cw i watched it all happen over the course of three years but then they put it over like they you know ran tv that they've written shows that they booked car they haven't they have they've never done that top to bottom no and they haven't done it now and so no. that's the thing like you would think if you're a real if you're a real EVP of his company and you've got this lightning rod that's coming back into play I'd be like well he, hell yeah he should be on dynamite like I don't have to like it he needs to make us some money and you know move us move us move us the merchandise that we can't move you know like you can only sell so many buck shirts and then it's like well some people don't like us so let's get some CM Punk t-shirt sales the guys there, you got to use them. Who cares if you had a little, you know, locker room fallout? It doesn't matter. Like, is it a business or is it not? So what we're seeing is the difference between real professionals and wannabe professionals. That's it. Yeah. That's how it should be, right? I mean, well, am I wrong? They, if, but... they, if they know their t-shirt movers, to me, that's what the fuck we do. And we lean into the heat. You want the, ex- here's what Josh would do before we would get <laughs> cease and desisted. We'd steal Reese's peanut butter cups, NFL subway, whoever's shit, WWE shirt stuff, but you know, and put our own spin on it for two CW. And it would become a limited edition hot thing. We're like, sure. We'll take it down. We already sold the fucking <laughs> hundred. We have, we got a hundred more and now they're going to be even hotter commodity to have. Right. So play off that heat of the Bucks and Punk stuff and play into the T-shirt war thing of limited run at PWTs. CM Punk, I love venison shirt. I don't give a fuck what it is, right? Like Mm -hmm. even do a thing where he breaks veganism and is eating a deer or whatever. I don't give a shit just for for the fact of it. And they can come up with plenty of smart little digs on on his stuff too but we're not playing into any of that to make any money whatsoever uh further on that stooge report because the work the work has become a shoot to them so they (laughs) forgot the the business they were supposed to be in yeah yeah but their their Uh, their tagline is killing the business so what do you expect i mean former ovw brother uh after our era is allegedly the one that got into it with them too so uh i'll tell you more off air (laughs) but that's as far as i can go in the stooge report to protect the innocent uh sorry guys channel attitude only gets you so much (laughs) uh yeah well it hasn't not that i want to be like it's this person and this person but if you know then the the trail to lead back is yeah yeah we we do have to protect some business we have to protect business as well but you know but ben like i don't know if you saw collision uh this weekend or even just little clips of it but you know for you know for all the people that were like you know why do they bring this guy back why don't they just release him why do they deal with this a blah 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 go turn on that show 
and listen to those people when he walked out there. Listen to half that arena booing him out of the building and half that arena chanting his name. Listen to those kind of reactions that we only get in segments involving the bloodline in professional wrestling and tell me who else is going to do that for you. But they dump you know, cold like, water on that too, you know what I mean, instead of putting gas on the fire. Like that that that's there that that's your cue to turn all that shit up and they don't. They're like, "Don't do too much because we don't want to upset everybody." Fucking let's upset everyone, bro, and make some serious yeah. be upset. You know. Be upset. Another thing too I want to bring up to you Ben before we move on. Cuz Jimmy asked me this question. Jimmy T, PWC. Mm-hmm. Asked me this question. He asked, you know, do you think that the Bucks could be on their way out as a result of this and going to WWE? Mm-hmm. Now, what I said was, here's what I answered, and then you can answer. I said, <laughs> it's taking what we all know from our regular daily lives of going to work in a place where you have this one person or a couple people that you don't get along with and how you feel about that, right? Okay, now... You imagine these two lambs just going into a den of wolves who would just love to eat them alive and make them miserable with a full-time road schedule and all these personal appearances on top of making them look stupid on national television for months and months and months and saying, oh, but we're paying you all this money. Like Knowing that that's what they would be in for fully is what's easier to deal with. Is it easier to deal with that? Showing how soft these guys are like in terms of their attitude when it comes to those type of things and showing up to work and dealing with this one guy you don't like, which one's going to be the easier one, um, you know, in their lives. I put that to you. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And big shout out to DJ mass effects. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's my air horn. Uh, <laughs> uh, very interesting uh, perspective because I, I talked to sideburns about this and I go, bro, if I was the EVP and they kayfabe me and he came out and shot bang, bang, and they marginalized me for whatever reason, uh, I'm probably going to be on the phone to Owens right after. I, I wouldn't doubt that they picked up and started texting Owens and say, put the put the game plan in place, uh, give, give game my number or whatever. You know what I mean? Because now you're being undermined when you're supposed to be the boss, and that's a big distrust that you can't undo. You know, So now uh, Jericho is either – in Tony's ear saying the money's on punk, which you're not wrong in the way he came out and that the Bucks just aren't there, even though we had fun getting to work with our indie legend friends and making them EVPs. <laughs> that's not where the money is on this. If we're going to keep them separated. Right. So the frustration is a shoot, but we won't play it out on TV. And I would jump ship and have bring them in on fucking SummerSlam. And unfortunately, if they did that, they'd have them come out and do this type of stuff and fucking boxing, like, just like they did the Hardys instead of playing into the fucking what should be when they should open the show or come in and the Usos do their thing and the Bucks run in, pow, and, and fuck it up. And people will lose their minds, right? Like the Bucks should kayfabe everybody. Like everything's going fine. And they just show up at, 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 uh, at SummerSlam. Uh, but they'll they'll use them wrong. They'll 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 put them in NXT. They'll make them want to prove it, as opposed to being on Monday night the next night, hand them the microphone, letting them open the fucking show and shoot bang bang on Punk and Khan and everybody else for all the bullshit that's going on because they know where it is, you know. And they might not be that tight with Cody, but Cody should want to help bring them in to 
do what he needs to do to get himself over at that point. So the, the undermining on the one end definitely should pay off on the other because you don't need that stress. Just go be talent, be the new shiny object again, which is what they need because all their shine has been fucking rubbed right off of them in, in AEW at this point. Well, there is all that, but, you know, there is also that other aspect, the logistics aspect. There is the working four days a week instead of four days a month. You know, like, how often do you really yeah, even but if see you're the an, bugs if you're an EVP, If you're an EVP, chances are they're working three times as hard in AEW than what they would have to do in WWE. Well, you're just trading one thing for another. You're trading office stuff for, for <laughs> actual road grind. Yeah, and these guys are family men. They're not, like I don't know. I think they got a sweet deal, and like I said, it's dealing with one guy is a lot easier than dealing with one company. That they're not everybody in there is Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes. There's a lot of people who would love to eat those guys alive and completely embarrass them in ways that CM Punk could oh, only Seth he couldn't even be bothered guys. to do. Sure. Like he he doesn't even care enough to try to work that hard to embarrass them, but. The people in the WWE have made it their business for 40 years to bring guys in and fuck them. So I think personally, I think it would be a bluff. Like they want to put it out that they're talking to people, but I don't think they have any intention of leaving. I just think it's, I way... just know that, that, that Owens and all that Owens will want to do the new day shit with him where he dresses like a buck and do all that fucking shit to bring him in that I think they could, they could work the office enough to make it happen. All right. Well, so, yeah, it just, it's just the distrust after you did what to me and didn't tell me and then had them come out and do what, and now you're not even going to quantify it for me. Okay. That like the, the silence is deafening in that move. You know what I mean? So it's almost like to save face, you got to fuck them back over with their worst nightmare because there was a conversation somewhere on, in a car where, we just got to tell the Bucks we don't need them this week. We're going to bring Punk in to do that. Then the Bucks fucking find out and they go, oh, they fucking kayfabed us? Cool. I got a little kayfabe in to fucking do myself. Hunter, what's good, buddy? <laughs> you know, like uh, that. that's when when the Cold War era shit is going on. It's, it is fucking real. It's, it's more dangerous than anything in heat, bro. That silent heat can be the most deadly because you just run through paranoid scenarios in your mind of worst case. And... 75 80% of the time <laughs> it is that so very very interesting uh that way let me see uh where was that so top name left early uh, there was another CM Punk thing I fucking had too but I can't remember off the top of my head see if it comes back around but speaking of Triple H um Triple H and Nick Khan reportedly didn't appreciate the outcome of WWE SmackDown uh this past week uh, it ended with Solo Sokoa defeating Sheamus by referee stoppage after the match Solo was laid out by the Usos with super kicks. Twitter account Boozer, a.k.a. Better Wrestling Experience, tweeted the reports of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, changing SmackDown segments. BWE noted that a few uh, talents did not like McMahon interfering with the show. Furthermore, it was said that the CEO, Nick Khan, and Triple H didn't appreciate the outcome of SmackDown as they felt it looked bad all over. BWE added that a big meeting will happen on Monday to discuss creative heading into SummerSlam and Survivor Series. BWE brought up how NXT brand could be involved in Survivor Series this year, um, but there might be a chance of having three a three-brand Survivor Series. I know they keep putting over 
NXT can be its own brand unto itself. And just because we have, you know, mid carters show up there and help give people a shine or Seth shows up and gives somebody a shine, they think that that it's going to be there. No, it's still amateur hours, student wrestling most of the time and where we're going. Some people definitely get over and, and get it, but it's in a controlled environment where they're babied to that to that point and the audience is there to support them no matter what. And that's fine. That's how we want it. Uh, the bigger story here is on Monday, we had this get me Shredomatic 6,000. And we were shredding scripts at the 3 o'clock hour and changing shit around. And now here we are on SmackDown, which uh, watching with the SmackDown Live Self-Help Group live from Pound Town. Group. Group. Uh, it was... Uh, it was apparent that this show didn't have the continuity and something was changing as well. And it, it just didn't mm, line up with everything. And after triple H and Nick Khan, you know, allegedly were in control. I think they were just inside of the creative meeting inside of the creative meeting, uh, you know, a mystery wrapped inside an enigma of uh, where they actually have to work the writing staff going, no, 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 we don't collude on our own. <laughs> it's all a group effort that that is being exposed. And then even inside that, the dementia ridden CEO is changing things for on a whim that now undo hours upon hours of hundreds of people's work. And uh, I think they're reaching point break frustration with it. <sighs> so much. I don't understand. Like if he, <laughs> if, if, if this is what Vince wanted to just meddle with creative, why did he ever retire in the first place? He could have just gone on meddling with creative, not selling the company, doing whatever he had in full control. Now he runs the risk of people exacting power plays upon him in the future to have him removed, you know, permanently because he's no longer the owner. Let so me, let, me, let me throw this to you too. This is direct from WWE roster inside info okay. to names have been changed to protect sure. the innocent that now there is a struggle where Triple H looks like he's in power. He has his projects like any booker will, and he's pumped about it. Then Vince is coming in and changing things at the 11th hour to frustrate him. There's people who pitch stuff to Triple H and they get shot down. And if you end around to Vince and Vince likes it, now you're forever buried with Triple H in that camp. But if you fall out with Vince, there's no way for you to end back around to get in with a Triple H camp. So we have everybody riding one ass cheek right now, super paranoid of which way do you go, and you can't even pitch anything or ask questions to the wrong person. Otherwise, you're fucked based on their back and forth power struggle of what camp you're in. God damn. Look, he <laughs> he already fucked your daughter 20 years ago. It's over. You lost. Just let him alone, man. Yeah, well, 20 I, years. I, I, fucked you her have... 20, I fucked her first. What do you want? Yeah, I fucked her first. 20, <laughs> 20 years, three grandkids. I've lost count. Like, it's over. Just forget it. Like, just stop. It, it's it's done. Let him just let him run his little SmackDown show with Nick Khan or whatever. Just back off and... I just don't understand why, why I, I, I never will understand. I'm not a senile billionaire. I, I wouldn't know, but, um, I, I will say that, yeah, the SmackDown episode looked fishy, you know, like it, it definitely looks like there's weeks where they're like, wh whether anybody was meddling or not, 
it definitely looks like, and you can tell because you watch this and review it every week. It looks like there's some times when it's they're like, oh, I don't know, let's just get through this week, as Stevie always says. 100%. Like, like we'll just do something. Who cares if it makes sense? We'll do something cool later to make them forget about it, and that's usually what it is. They've been treading water with the bloodline for the better part of a year and a half, and then they've come up with good moments, you know, in that time that makes us appreciate it. But there's also definitely weeks where it's like, well, I guess you can't hit a home run every time at bat. And this was definitely one of those times at best. And at worst, it's like you said, where somebody's coming in and ripping shit up and there's no real investment in it other than there's no real investment in the story. The investment is, um, you know, fucking with your son-in-law. There's no other investment. You're (laughs) not obviously that interested in the creative because most of it Mm -hmm. isn't yours. So now you're just like, well, let's see how I can throw a monkey wrench in with this to entertain myself. Not only do I see how they bounce back from when I, you know, ruin their plans, but I get to watch them, you know, scramble around and and get frustrated because at, at, at my age, at my wealth, at my, at my level, Uh, that's the only thing that's entertaining to me. That's the only thing that's ever been entertaining to me. I stopped caring about wrestling 50 years ago before I even bought the company from my father. I don't care about pro wrestling. You you've tried to do everything except pro wrestling. You tried to make movies failed. You tried to start a bodybuilding federation failed. You tried to start a football league failed twice. You, You can't do anything except what other people have already done and put your name on it. And now Triple H is trying to trying to salvage something and and make something out of this that's still has some semblance of like what he grew up on and what we all grew up on. And then you're just like, <laughs> well, let me just rip up this script for what? Yeah. Just go home, man. Come on, dude. You didn't have to give up everything. You didn't have to sell the company. You did it. So what? what was it all for you could have done this for free you didn't have to you had to go through these machinations just to get to this level you know but yeah. again i'm not a senile billionaire i wouldn't understand <laughs> well i hope you get there someday but uh <laughs> the, the the great points right there is it the to the fact that vince is like i just don't like this creative or is he ripping him up doesn't even look at it I, oh yeah, this script looks good. Mm. <laughs> Feed it right into the Shredomatic just to fuck with them. Is this more than the TV show isn't what Vince likes? Is this a greater Hamlet level power struggle between uh, Triple H and Vince? And as Stevie would also say, that's the fucking show. Why is that not the show? And it, how long is it until. Vince keeps doing these things, messing with it, where Ari, him and Ari Emanuel, the Lion of Zion, are going, no, he's in charge. He has uh, everything. I trust this guy. Oh, we've known each other for 20 years. <laughs> We're best pals. It's in our flywheel. It's at synergy. Like flywheel. all these fucking stupid little things until Triple H actually goes to Ari on the side and goes, dude, this guy's out of control and he is hurting your investment. Uh, by the moves that he's making, he's undermining us every step of the way. I get that he's my father-in-law, and then you paid X amount and said there, but your biggest mistake was allowing him to stay in power. And then Nick kind of just sit there silently, and then Ari looks at him, and Nick goes, <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, is that where we're, we're actually going to be headed? Because if this shit keeps happening, how much frustration if now – 
you know, they worked hard and that's not just some writers you can kick around and replace uh, at any time at the snap of a finger, but it's triple H and Nick Khan are you're, you're, you're alienating them. And we're going to have Khan in, in game versus the Vince camp with nobody except maybe what are you going to put Steph in his corner? She's just going to play. Yeah, she, you know she's I mean? done with him. She's definitely so, distanced herself yeah. from him. Well, let's look at the, let's, let's lay out the quick timeline again. And again, you, the wonderful listeners can all make your own inferences from what I'm about to lay out, but let's just look at this timeline, Ben. Uh, Triple H has a heart attack. Vince comes in and rips up NXT. When Triple H comes back from his heart attack, all of a sudden, now we have these lawsuits and allegations and sexual misconduct and all this stuff, and Vince is forced to briefly retire. Remember, remember, and because you brought up Stephanie, remember that uh, that wonderful send-off that Vince got on TV? He's like, well, my dad's done a lot for this company. Anyways, SmackDown, right? That that was his goodbye from the company, sure. allegedly, right? So you could tell how much love she and, and respect she had for her dad at that point. Um now, you know, the, I guess, I guess there weren't enough sexual misconduct allegations to stick or, or anything like that, because guess who's back? Guess who's unretired? Okay. Then we've get this, this weak little, um, uh, racial discrimination lawsuit from a former writer. Like, like you, these are, these are shots, but they're, the ammunition is weak. You and I know that where they're coming from, or at least we can guess and I'm like I said before, I've even said it to you on these shows. If you have the ammunition to kill this guy once and for all, stop holding on to it. Just do it. You have to do it now before it's too late. It's yeah. if you if you're gonna do it, quit fucking around with this piddly racial discrimination shit. Cause you know they're probably like feeding information to those people and saying they're they're hooking up people with names like here's somebody you can call if this is how you feel about it and hooking them up with lawyers and you know mm -hmm. doing these things behind the scenes and you know what I mean like the, who who do you think that's coming from but it, it's not enough this is a slingshot you need a howitzer you need a nuke if you've got the nuke if you can prove all the things that people have alleged um, and the only reason I could say they're not been is because they would be incriminated too somehow. Like the things yeah, that well, Vince has been thing, involved right. in, they're all incriminated, so they don't want to drop those bombs. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. He could go, fuck me, fuck you. Here's 16 SEC violations that he, you know, did on stock cash-ins just to fucking come at him IRS. Like this this is the Hamlet level that it could possibly get to, bro. Uh, so I don't know. Last uh, poor Yurik, I knew him well. <laughs> Alas, poor Jimmy Wang Yang, I knew him well. Uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar stealing his gimmick, Trish Stratus. <laughs> uh, and Stevie's got it here with the, you know, the only thing to bring him down is tax evasion, bro. And uh, Al Capone and, style. Huh? And, but when you got that billions, you just cut the check for one billion and they go away. You know, that mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to is, is it too big to fail at this point? I, I see if they're camped up like that, that Vince goes and finds himself another Nick Khan Iceman to join the fold because he can't trust them anymore if there's collusion that way. So very, very interesting. Uh, and, and usually SmackDown has been a far better show and they haven't fucked with it as much as terrible as Raw can be. Uh, but but here we are. And Well, uh, here's, here's another question. You know, like we got, like you said, we got these camps, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay, so Vince rips up a script. Well, how about make copies of the script? 
You know what I mean? Like, why do you have to listen to that? Why don't yeah, you just what, go with the script you had? Right. What are you going to do? Oh, we're like, live, pal. It's too late. We did what we wanted to do. Sorry. Like, and, and, what's he going to do? Happening? Is he going to is he going to start firing people? No, he can't because that would prove that he's messing with everybody. So, if you're going to go with the civil war route, you got to you got to stick to your to these guns at least. If you're not right. going to shoot the man down, at least stick to your creative guns and be like, "No, we're going with the script and uh, that's it." And you can yell about it if you want, but you know, we're doing it and it's yeah, done. It's going to take him walking out to the ring with a kendo stick like Rip after you're like, "Oh yeah, we've made the changes." And if he's not there and he's there via Zoom or whatever, and you go with the with Oops, the program, we lost the is, feed. Yeah, <laughs> we right. lost the feed. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're breaking uh, up. So, like, will we get to that point where he's just screaming orders and rewrites, and you're like, okay, we got it, good. And then they go with their original script to undermine him, bro. That will be. I think we could get there. I really. Well, that's do. that's how we're there already. Is is that already happening on certain segments that he's tried to rewrite? Like, no, we're not doing that. That'll fuck our format. All that shit. That's how I've dealt with salaried management my entire life, and it's served me very well up to this point. <laughs> Just smile, um, nod, and do what you were going to do anyway. Yeah, but I guess a lot of people were frustrated, not just the the upper ones at that SmackDown. And this is the new one, quote-unquote, got vinced. <laughs> That's what they're fucking calling it. Uh, well, they vinced that one up, pal. Uh, so we'll see, man. Uh, but there's a big shift in negative morale, uh, after WrestleMania 39, I guess, uh, from this point. Well, maybe so, if they bring in the bucks, they can turn everything around. Yeah, that'd be the one thing. Uh, but back to AEW, uh, because Dax Harwood addresses, uh, reports about backstage negative morale there as well. And uh, in uh, he AEW, said he saw nothing, right? So. Yeah. And deletes his tweets. Uh, this one will get me some heat, but fuck it. It needs to be said. Whatever top star left uh, the show in a bad mood because he's a certain individual was there instead of running to Dave. Why not just tell the individual face to face? That's how we used to do things back in the day. Hardwood ended up deleting the tweet. However, so not so hardwood, softwood. Did someone uh, remind? Harwood. Did someone remind him he wasn't there back in the day? <laughs> Is that why he deleted it? <laughs> right. However, Hardwood also tweeted the following message: If there's a if there is divisiveness that a certain individual is reporting, I didn't see it at all. Check the collision locker room too. This is family. Uh, and they but okay. I deleted the last one because fuck it. I took too much pre-workout y'all screenshotted it. So let's fucking go faces itching chest day collision tomorrow. <laughs> so reverent to get out of being a stooge and then fucking trying to cover with, I'm an over superstar. Like, there, why doesn't he tell what we just there was a face off in the locker room and it wasn't yeah. between the top dog so already we've got big dogging and fucking let's shake shit up instead of stay small going on and I'm with team over so I can say what I want but oops I can't because I tweet apologize dive repeat so I'm hard as fuck until I'm not hard as fuck <laughs> he's definitely Dax, Dax is definitely like the mentally at least or, or emotionally he's definitely like the youngest uh bald guy with a mustache that I've seen in wrestling in quite some time um he maybe he missed maybe he missed the face-to-face -face confrontation because he was off somewhere taking pre-workout or whatever it was was he was doing like maybe he really didn't see it um but he's yeah, probably busy fighting like a girl yeah, he's got to fight like a fighting girl. like an eight year old girl. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
it, it's uh it's it's just a silly situation um it, it just it just kind of it kind of really is so I don't really have too much to comment on it um but just watching the watching the TV shows you know that's that's really the only thing that matters so like I try to critique that product on its own merits sure and him well, being him being back on collision and TV upper level mismanagement jealousy and lies like the the fact that our 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 team captains our team leaders and our coaches are yeah. all working each other what are you supposed to do as a player well, I know but I know that exactly but and I, but I'm just saying like you know people that are sort of anti AEW um they like to harp on those type of things and we've all talked about it but it's also at the same time what did we just spend like 20 minutes talking about you know like the WWE don't have their shit together either bro and they should at this point yeah so of course the fledgling four-year-old promotion has still got some shit to work out politically and financially and you know all that stuff like uh, they're not going to be like um a well-oiled machine even in the best of times they're figuring this stuff out as they go because a lot of people have never done it or they've been in positions that they've never had so yeah that's gonna happen but we can't look to anybody else as a standard of excellence because they're all mired down in stuff that's even worse and more petty and should have got squashed decades ago and they're still not doing it and we're still hearing about power struggles and cronyism and all this other shit so like i don't care if guys are tweeting and deleting over on this other side over here these motherfuckers that are held up as like the gold standard are fucking everything up for everybody and it's trickling down and it's affecting guys in AEW and other places too. Like all these people are looking at potential jobs and like they're having to weigh out like their quality of life and managing that by where they can work, you know, and how much money they can make. And this whole situation is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, to me, it means... <laughs> Will Vince make it to WrestleMania 40? Because that seems like a benchmark where they want to get it out. But these types of infighting and and uh, tearing each other apart on a very millionaire billionaire level, will Triple H be the one to stooge or drop that nuke of you thought that shit was hot about the NDAs and everything else? Wait till I get you to really get him out of there. Like the the meeting with Triple H and Ari to collude to do some major damage to Vince, but is that going to do damage to the product and stock price or is it just to get him out of there? And what is the cause and effect of that for the stock price as opposed Extremely to keeping Extremely tangled shots? web. Extremely yeah, yeah. tangled do web. We, do we put a, do we fucking have the Saudis fix his plane for him before he <laughs> takes off? Like, Maybe. You know, yeah. Like a, yeah. Those are the kind of things that we're talking about. And then over here, we're talking about my feelings are hurt. I'm going to tweet. So, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a great mood, Stevie, and I don't need to see you get beat up. I like to see you on the beach and driving new trucks and reviewing fitness equipment after a year. So, um, no, but um, here's the deal. All that stuff you just said about all that mess with the stocks and everything, that's impossible to untangle. I'm Nick Jackson. I'm Matt Jackson. I'm Hangman Page. I'm any of these guys. I can go talk to one guy and kind of smooth things out if I choose. I can go talk to another guy and smooth things out. And then I'm about done smoothing things out after talking to those two guys, right? Like this stuff is perpetuated only because 
they will continue to be this way, to behave mm -hmm. this way, to think this way, to act this way. You go talk, if, if any of these guys want to just say, all right, look, let, let's just forget everything. Let's just stop it. That can be done. In the WWE, that can't be done. It can never be done. There's way too many snakes and, you know, it's all a tangled ball of snakes over there. You'll never unravel it. You'll never right. be able to smooth things over. You will always be living in constant uh, fear and under pressure and all this other stuff. So everything that, that's going on with the elite, CM Punk or whatever, that can all easily get sorted out. It can be sorted out in a day, in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as they keep it up, that just shows that they don't want to sort it out, right? So I really don't have any sympathy for anybody in that situation. Where's your leader? Where is your leader to say yeah. enough of this bullshit? And uh, Mark Henry, this even I don't want to be there. You, you big show Mark Henry, go deal with it. If they say anything, smash them into the ground. Yeah. that's what mark <laughs> yeah. henry literally said yeah. he was going to try to do so yep yep uh from the chat room uh big stevie cool this morning you guys tony Khan should make them all work a real job for a month and come back they need perspective boy ain't that the fucking truth right there um y'all uh, uh aew ref aubrey edwards announces she's retiring undefeated from uh in-ring action uh that now uh, we we checked uh the lie detector test and determined that was a lie oh. <laughs> uh, uh fans of aubrey edwards in ring debut both of them uh yeah her, her aubrey and edwards don, and does don she have a Steven? surviving parent oh don, no, Steven, oh, don, don stevens <laughs> don stevens liked it okay. uh debut from the june 16th episode of rampage We'll be disappointed to know that that was both her first and last match as a professional wrestler. Bullshit. Uh, the beloved AEW referee, who's that? Oh, her. Uh, won oh. her match by defeating Jeff Jarrett, Karen Jarrett, Jay Lee, alongside Mark and probably Briscoe in trios action. Despite this accolade, Aubrey has no ambition to start win a winning streak, instead opting to quit while she's ahead. She says, I'm retiring undefeated, Edwards said on the recent episode of Battleground Podcast with Battle and Eli. Huh? I never want to do that again <laughs> until the next time I do it uh, when I'm refereeing. Before arriving at this conclusion, Edwards talked about how the match came to be. Yada, yada, whatever. Um, oh, no, I got to see. It's really important to have storytelling with long-term payoff, she explained. If the heels don't get their comeuppance after the baby faces don't end up on top at the end, then you're really upsetting your fans. When the guitar shot at Double or Nothing happened, that's when we started asking, what's the next logical step for this thing? Oh, we're just doing guitar shots, but we don't know the payoff? Sure. Uh, Edwards also expressed that while she's been in the wrestling business for multiple years, she was physically unprepared to compete in a proper wrestling match. 22 years of ballet didn't teach me to do a headlock takeover. Those don't translate. She said, it was cool. I'm glad it's over. I was able to walk for, I wasn't able to walk for two days without pain. Welcome to the biz, Briz. Uh, 22 years of ballet didn't teach you to a headlock takeover. It also didn't teach you how to referee. But you still don't seem to care about not putting plie, grand jeté, third position fucking shit into your fucking refing to to then uh, pull focus at, at, at any given Sunday. It's just my advice. <laughs> my advice: go back to ballet because none of that translates, and you keep putting it in everything. The crazy spotlight addiction ballerina is in full force. 
all the fucking time. And any theater kid like me can fucking spot it a mile away. So all these little things on the battle and it's your ass podcast. I don't give a fuck. Um, You're going to wrestle again. You're a spotlight addict. And I've already crafted the storyline to draw you into your next thing. And there's no way you'll say no, because that's exactly who you are. Yeah. Um, Aubrey Edward gets a lot of heat and it's pretty much all deserved. Um, but uh, <laughs> current day Aubrey Edwards is even more pulled back than she was when she started, if you can imagine that. So, uh, but, you know, I cut a promo on the most recent episode of Wreckage on refing in general and especially in AEW. I said they don't have one guy there that really knows what they're doing. And yeah, they're one. Ex- okay, well, he wasn't refing the main event on Collision because no. in this match, Jay White was desperately trying to get the referee distracted so that the heels could cheat. And it's like, it's every, imagine if you're in a match bin and you're like, you're, you're like the, the baby face is like, Hey, look at the heels over there cheating. And the referee's like, okay, let me go look at it. And then he goes and looks right at it instead of like trying trying to stay with you and keep you from getting in the ring. He's like, Taking the baby face word for it. They're oh, cheating. Oh, oh, they're Better cheating. go look. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. And this is Paul Turner, who's the senior official who's supposed to have been around yeah. the block and know what he's the doing. Only guy, the only guy there worth anything is Rump Thump. And because he was a rip guy for three, four years and he was a wrestler. And they offered him a job at NXT saying, You're not big enough. Would you like to be a ref? And they were looking for uh, multicultural staff and he got the gig. Not that he's not good enough to do it by all means, and then sure. he trained NXT, and now he's he's the only one on their entire. And he's uh, he's, he's uh, what do they call him, Stefan? Stefan Smith. Stefan Smith. Okay, so so yeah, that guy. But I don't see him enough. Instead, no. I see these other clowns like Bryce Remsburg or Paul Turner or uh, what's the what's the walking corpse as Jim Cornette calls him. Um, know the fucking guy's name i, I, I forget don, don stevens is all and don's and don stevens so they're all just like you know they're either bad getting themselves over or both and they forgot what their job is so yep, yep. Uh, but she she's retired until next time <laughs> and right. it's let's just quick. let's just take her at her word now yeah the the dude as soon as i read 22 years of ballet i just there's the put over there it is Oh uh, shit! Anthony Bowen's comments on fans chanting "He's gay" during the AEW Rampage segment. Oh, if you yeah. told me years ago that I have an arena chanting "He's gay" at me in the most positive of ways, I'd say you're crazy. It's pretty cool to see how far we've come. Still more work to do. Happy Pride AEW Rampage. I know this is a big part of their mission statement. You know what I mean? Uh, in being diverse and accepting outside cultures, and this guy's done the job of uh, a pro wrestler and not making, uh, you know, this his persona. Yeah, it's not his character. Well, it's not. It's not an identity to have a preference. That's not who a person is. No. They should have done it with, um, what's his name? Uh, Dude who looks like Cena. Uh, Darren Young. Darren Young. um, This is what WWE should have done with him back then before all this stuff. Uh, that to just have a great wrestler who happens to be gay, like not right. that gay is your persona and the fact that it's pride month and they want to do uh, that chant and it wasn't derogatory is a big, big moment in pro wrestling. Did you because- see the, uh, the moment? 
No, I didn't see so it. So the context of it was they had that chick that's doing the QTV stuff, the Australian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Harley, whatever. And she comes out and she's like doing a rap song where she's trying to, in rap lyrics, hit on Anthony Bowens and saying they should get together and maybe have a family or something. And then he's just like, I don't know if you were dropped on your head at some point in, in, in your childhood or something, but honey, I'm gay. And then everybody starts chanting, he's gay, okay, he's gay, yeah, he's yeah, gay. Nice. So, you know, they actually worked it in in a way that it was nowhere near organic, but... You know, they could have done it uh, a bunch of different ways that would have been clumsier than this. Um, but you know, there sure. it was. No, I think it's fine as long as he's not coming out doing feather boas and fucking having a lisp next week. You know what I mean? To, to play into it. I think that that's exactly what it should be is where he can come out, fire up the crowd, do exactly what they've been doing. And it's just known. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. You know what I mean? And then. Uh, down the road, if he's going to have a singles uh, run unto himself, that's when you put the um, gay lifestyle with the boyfriend and the just living their life together with the dog and they like to go for walks in the park or whatever. That That's all you need to show. We don't need to have uh, some flamboyant shit where he's in a thong down at the fucking manhole uh, on hydrate night. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't need that. Like, uh, if he wants to do it, that's fine. But uh Actually, I could go down there and it'd be funny if Vince was on the pole in a fucking uh, song. You know, we could we could actually hire we could actually hire all all anyone who's ever done the gay gimmick and they're hanging out at the gay bar and he's like, this place just doesn't seem right for me and walks out. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, shout out to him, man. Uh, I'm glad that during Pride Month that that's something that is a positive that it isn't uh, i don't think anybody's gonna go at him for like how punk with the lgbtq plus sign with um fuck uh dutch mantel put out the tweet and I, and and everybody kind of lost their shit on him and what dutch had tweeted out i thought was just business of saying should we go into that and be divisive and alienate half of our crowd by letting our top guy who always sh shit stirs anyway, get his political message across. I mean, I know it was after the show, so I guess I don't have a problem with it there. It wasn't on the show per se, but Dutch wasn't making a, a, a judgment call there. He's making a business call. And uh, as far as, is this the right thing to do uh, in such a divisive time online, you know, and then, people right. uh, fucking who was it brody king telling him to shut the fuck up the dark right. satanist comes to the fucking rescue here of, no, yeah. of nothing when nobody asked for it well it's it, it you know on the one hand everything you said is true on the other hand it is dutch mantel and i don't think anyone asked so you know put, yeah. put take from that what you will it'd be different if it's one of those um <laughs> It'd be different if it's one of those situations like you often see what ends up as headlines are things that are clipped from podcasts now. It's like uh, to be a to be a wrestling journalist, you just listen to podcasts and take juicy sound bites and put those as headlines. You know, mm -hmm. so like when Eric Bischoff says something, when Connor asks him a question, that becomes a headline. If Dutch Mantel unprovoked tweets his opinion about someone's thoughts on whatever, then it's kind of like, uh, yeah, but consider the source. This is Dutch Mantel. He's not the most um, forward thinking person in terms of these kinds of issues. So just him having a comment on it when nobody asked, it's kind of I, I can see how maybe Brody King's not the guy to go back and say, you know, to say something on him. But, 
you know, there, there's, there's more here than just meets the eye for you Transformers fans. Let me put it to you this way, because this is, <laughs> and uh, the artist uh, in the chat room uh, made me think of this, because it's, it's pretty much the same thing I'm doing, or have been trying to do, that got a lot of HMG blocked from uh, hashtag kiss me Kayla, Kayla Sparks, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, definitely a pride warrior all month long, and uh, beautiful girl next door look that so many guys probably have tried to date her and died on the vine of being friend zoned because they didn't know she was, uh, you know, gay. Mm-hmm. And here we have this girl coming out, kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing with Kayla. But, you know, shouldn't that be the storyline that Anthony Bones is so attractive that this girl doesn't care and that she wants to get with him and she thinks that she's that hot that she can flip a gay guy back to straight or at least bisexual? sexual but the whole time he's not being mean to her he's just like look i'm not in the fucking girl where ben hameen's character is like i will change you back that's fine i have plenty of boys you know <laughs> like yeah. you can have one of them uh, take your pick as long as you're mine <laughs> but uh i don't know so well speak, speaking careless. of dying on, speaking of dying on the vine that segment until uh <laughs> anthony bowens dropped that line because it was getting a little bit awkward with all this shit that was that's out there, good but... and being in the moment bro that is absolutely yeah. great to be in the moment and then the crowd knows that because we're not setting up a big he's gay you know what i mean uh segment but i think they could run what i'm trying to do in reverse with the girl chasing the guy they could so it, fun and interesting stuff there and it doesn't need to be anything um you know downplaying anybody if anything it pl- downplays uh straight people's ignorance that they think they can change gay people <laughs> based on attraction you know uh, i like it yeah. um speaking of as we continue our pride month stories uh giselle shaw on why it's important for her to see online negativity one year ago, Impact Wrestling Giselle Shaw came out as transgender and received a great deal of support from her peers and her employer, Impact Wrestling. Unfortunately, Shaw also saw her fair share of negativity then. In a recent interview with uh, Salsa Cito, uh, Shaw discussed why she thinks it's important to face some of this negativity online. She says, it's something that I actually had to learn how to deal with because no matter if it's positive or negative comments, I see it all online. And Impact did say, hey, you know, we can block those so you don't have to see it. I think for me, it's so important that I see those because those are a part of it's uh, it's a part of me to grow and be like, you know what? Those comments, they shouldn't affect me. At the end of the day, no matter who you are, no matter what you are, people are going to say something no matter what, because somewhere someone out there is very unhappy or they just want to stay relevant or they want to be in the conversation to feel like they're included. Whatever they do doesn't reflect what I do. And that's something I had to learn and be like, you know what? It's not me. It's them. Uh, later on, uh, she talked more about it. But, uh, dude, that, that's, a, that's a great statement from Giselle Shaw. Absolutely. As opposed to, like, stay in my own bubble and whatnot and to mm-hmm. actually, you know, be fearless in the world of uh, criticisms and going forward with where she is. Uh, You know, I think she came out uh, maybe a year ago uh, or so uh, to let her know. But I've been working with uh, shows with Giselle Shaw probably since 2019, maybe at Crossfire and uh, absolutely always a a 100 percent pro, uh, you know, and you could kind of tell at that time where she was just being like, all right, I'm just going to be a woman's wrestler and I'm not going to make this part of my persona. And 
not keep them guessing. Is it a woman? Because Giselle is very convincing uh, as a, as a, as a, her, herself. You know what I mean? You don't see a lot of masculine traits where you're instantly like, okay, that's a, you know, my, not to say that my 300 pound mailman, if he showed up in a wig and a skirt tomorrow, I'd be like, wow, a new male person, <laughs> you know, like uh, Giselle's been, been doing this, uh, you know, as her lifestyle for a long time uh, and, and is very convincing uh, all of the time at it. I think lives every day that way, not sometimes on and off. Not that that matters. I don't even know why I'm quantifying that, but um I'm sure that fear uh, in a time where it wasn't as big of a boom in the last two years was not an easy way to live that life. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm glad that uh, she gets to be highlighted by impact in that way. You know, people have uh, their whatever homophobic stuff and what she went through recently with uh, Steiner, I think was handled the right way. You just kind (laughs) of unfortunately have to deal with other people's ignorance let the community go, you know, circle the wagons around you and you don't do a big gotcha moment because they've already ruined themselves. And in fact, it, even though they've asked them about it recently, you know, that crush Braun breakers fucking chance to come up to the main roster on the last draft. Like who else would you have brought up as a number one draft pick? And because of that old school ignorance from his own father, you know, that, that fucking destroyed his career. And actually, <laughs> made Giselle a, a big baby face in the locker room uh, with, with everyone who's over, you know? So really uh, she, not to thank somebody for their stupid, ignorant comments, but it definitely made Giselle Shaw uh, a bigger property in wrestling as well. Um, You know, Giselle Shaw never seemed like the kind of pu- person to push agendas. It's just like, this is what it is. And people yes. make their own comments and they do their own, their own thing. And, the thing she's saying about like looking at the negativity, hopefully you don't look too deeply in it because it's, it's, it's annoying. Even the little bits of things like that you see here and there, even if it's not directed at you, I, I keep people in my social media feed. Some of them are muted. Nobody's really blocked, but other than like obvious spam accounts that have nothing to do with anything, you know, like those get blocked just so I don't see them again. Mm -hmm. doesn't stop them from continuing to pop up, but but like as far as people with opinions that are real people like you know it's it's i keep some of those around to see what they say so i can keep a tabs on what kind of character people have when they think that nobody's watching even though it's weird to think you'd be tweeting something or posting something uh and thinking nobody's watching because that's explicitly the reason why you're doing it but i really feel like you get to see who people are sometimes in those moments and then it's like you can make that mental note of like okay Mm -hmm. i gotta keep an eye on this person right um but even if it's not directed at you personally you see something it kind of just like you just you're just like ugh, i'm annoyed by that you know so imagine if the stuff is directed at you and you're looking at it all the time like it's gotta be, it's gotta be difficult. So if she has a strong enough constitution to be able to do that and not like get depressed about it or, or read too much into it or whatever, then, you know, by all means, if that's working for you, uh, continue to do that. And you're going to see a lot of those positive comments too. Um, as far as, um, uh, as far as anything else goes, like in, in terms of those things, like we were talking about these people that have these lifestyles, it's very easy to reconcile 
you know, like a transgender person on wrestling programs because mm -hmm. wrestling is all basically like, well, this is who you're presenting to me, so that's what you are. Wrestling's a homoerotic at its most. Well, yeah, yeah, but even even besides that, old Greek guys rolling around naked with sure. young boys like that. This is the right, foundation but, of wrestling, right? But we're in denial about that part. But what I what I, what I can say <laughs> to dominate young boys is the yes, fucking foundation. That's, the, that's of wrestling. the foundation of the sport. Yes, and so. But it's also, you know, what we see in the modern day is they're just telling us like, well, this person is this, like, does Orange Cassidy really keep his hands in his pockets at all times and never do anything? Well, this character does on TV. So I don't, you know, with the negativity against certain wrestlers, like the Nyla Roses and the Giselle Shaws and stuff like that, it's like, you know, for, for the, for the sake of argument, um, this is just what I see. This is a female wrestler. I don't have to worry about yeah any of from, that other stuff from the business standpoint of you know looking at everything regardless of uh you know any emotional attachment that's who you would want as a corporation for your esg score to show that you're woke and that you you hire everybody and highlight them the right way and if you wanted poster children for your companies bowens is great for aew giselle's perfect for fucking impact and WWE's doing what? Like they just do a little Pride Month where they show the girls that who are out of the closet real quick. Hey, man, have a fantasy about them. Like that's how the the biggest one, yeah. the worldwide leader, doesn't even understand how to do it. How properly. many times do I need you to tell me that Sonya Deville came out on Tough Enough? I know that you tell me every year. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Same clip, same, same clip, break. same story. Like hmm. we get it. Uh, and full clip here is a, a sketchy one to end the day here, man. Um, <clears throat> alleged victim of former AEW producer BJ Whitmer case says, I was literally fighting for my life. Uh, as previously noted, uh, former AEW producer BJ Whitmer was arrested on the evening of June 4th, 2023 by Boone County Sheriff's Department in Boone County, Kentucky. We know that place well, that and charged with strangulation in the first degree and burglary in the second degree. The alleged victim in the case who has been dating Whitmer, but ended the relationship, issued the following comments to Fox 19 Cincinnati under the condition of anonymity. I was literally fighting for my life. I came into my house and he was standing at the top of my steps waiting for me. He squeezed tighter and tighter and said, I'm going to fucking kill you. Do you hear me? I'm going to kill you. And once we got it uh, to the point where we stopped moving and then he continued choking me, I absolutely knew instead of coughing, I lied and said, I already called the cops. Uh, and the second I said that he let go. Uh, wow, dude. Uh, so some serious fucking violence here, not just like, I don't want you to break up with me. I'm going to be in your house and I'm going to take your phone and go through it. I thought it might be as small as that, but uh, we've got what sounds like an attempted murder and murder threat here. If this young lady's story is, you know, what she says it to be uh, and, and losing his fucking mind over it, dude. So sketchy stuff here. And usually we're usually due for one or two of these a year with some type of breakdown of, Someone who's either an addict or a carny or on gas and can't fucking keep their mind right on this type of shit, bro. So someone who worked their ass off uh, for years in wrestling only to fuck it all up over some pussy, bro. Uh, it's the downfall of many a, a person, yeah. I feel. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I really have no comment on any of this. I, um, I don't know. Do I don't you, know the guy to talk to. Yeah, talk I was going to ask. Character. I was going to ask if you ever had any 
cross paths with BJ at any point or no, all I can, all the only thing that I keep getting hit up with it, which are jokes. I don't even understand the reference. I guess it's, you know, incestuous inside the wrestling business, but uh, I don't know if Joey Mercury with BJ Whitmer's ex-girl like took her from him or something like that. People have made that reference and that'd be the only weird connection that I would have is knowing Joey to this, to be honest with you, but I don't think he has anything to do with this. So I'm not even trying to bring his name up there, but I think in the the past that there was some, you know, took your girl, whatever bullshit. So uh, I don't think this has anything to do with that, but uh, I don't know either party or, uh, or him personally. I've never worked a show with him, man, but, uh, dangerous bad stuff because it's instantly you flash back right away to benoit you know that we both went through that at that time and how the the business really changed for all of us right after Mm -hmm. that not just uh you know the fans and whatnot but the way wwe did almost everything and would test everybody and and uh Mm -hmm. the eyes of the the guys that they clipped after that you know what i mean so dangerous stuff there obviously and uh um, one one difference with that yeah you know that really came out of nowhere like people say it came yeah. out of nowhere a lot but benoit never had a history of anything except with maybe the very 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 closest of his friends that might have been able to look back you know with hindsight and see maybe some warning signs of things but right. nobody ever expected him to do that with whitmer there have been reports of him being in trouble for things similar to this in the past so you know it's like you 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 can try to turn over a new leaf and learn from your mistakes and things like that but at the same time you must always be suspicious of people that show a pattern of behavior and kind of keep an eye on them and make sure that things don't go too far i mean what if she hadn't called the cops does that make it okay to finish strangling her to death i mean yeah so oh, you called the cops sure yeah uh, just a uh, quick update i saw this on wrestling uh, just a couple more details in here and not that i'm excited to read them but this is from the boone county sheriff's department uh, report whitmer allegedly entered the residence of his former girlfriend around 6 14 p.m and she was returning home as she was returning home from the neighborhood pool uh whitner had been hopefully hog wild wasn't hanging upside down on the fence uh whitmer had been texting the women throughout the day and sent a message that he would see who see her soon whitmer entered her residence that night to request that she delete the message he had sent her when she refused, Whitmer became irate and approached her, grabbed her by the throat, and threw her down the couch where he began strangling her. The woman struggled to breathe and feared she would lose consciousness when deputies arrived at the woman's home. Whitmer was gone from the scene, and the victim displayed bruising and visible red marks. She was treated by local EMS for a very sore throat, but declined to be taken to the hospital. Uh, the victim informed officials that Whitmer was likely at a relative's house. Whitmer was found there and detained by Alexandria police. He declined comment on the matter, but court records indicate he was charged with strangulation in the first degree, burglary in the second degree. Each felony charge is punishable by five to ten years in prison. Whitmer was ultimately released on June 12th on $25,000 bond. Yikes. Um, You know, paints a pretty grim picture. And, you know, the fact that he's putting see you soon to me means if I'm a lawyer, possible premeditated murder yeah yeah yeah, dude so um i think that little and then to be like delete that tweet 
sure shows <laughs> that I'm over right. here to get you to delete the t- tweet about premeditated murder. And if you don't delete it, I'm going to murder you. Mm-hmm. And obviously not smart enough to understand that if you delete a tweet or delete a text or whatever, that all a lawyer has to do is freedom of information act subpoena. And within three months, they'll have your whole fucking <laughs> tweet right. deck or your, your whole text deck. So right. you, doubling down on being a dumb wrestler thinking that deleted t- uh, text after you do violence is just going to go away or, or threaten murder. So does not paint a good picture here, man, uh, at all, dude. <laughs> it reminds me of that post. It reminds me of that post from the official Snapchat account where they're like, you know, we can see all this shit, right? <laughs> right, right, right. We see it all. Oh, man. But we've seen it all here today, man. A lot of hot uh, forbidden door breakdown. Uh, CM Punk morale in rough spots with a lot of silent kayfabe where the boys can't even make a move because they're afraid of the view if you go to this guy is it going to piss off the big guy do you have the big guy's money for this guy is anybody going to jail is there a laptop i don't know at this point that uh putin's being overthrown we found 6.2 billion dollars that we just happened to give to the wagner group that they then marched into russia but then go just kidding we're gonna go to belarus and hang out with our six billion dollars it's a great time to be it's the best time to be a fan it ain't it 6.2 ain't no 9.3 bro no no it isn't give it a week though and we'll, we'll fucking get there man uh but that i know you got a busy week here at hmg uh the next level review last week a big nxt uh what else you got going down man this week yeah you know all the usual places at opinion haver twitch.tv you know that uh aw fight forever game well i'm gonna play it so follow me on twitch.tv slash opinion haver and watch me play it and uh, we can have a good time laughing at the game uh together um (laughs) and everywhere else all over like all you got to do is look at channelattitude.com you'll see all these shows and i'm going to be all over them You'll look at even the PWC network. You look at all these shows, you'll be all over them. You'll get wrestling with Rip Rogers Q and a every Friday. I keep threatening to drop in, but if I'm not there, they've got other guests such as another big guy, uh, known as Ryback who popped in to say hello to Rip and Vaughn. So, uh, check them out and ask them questions every Friday. And of course, uh, like we said earlier, check out Stevie Richards and all of his stuff, his reviews, his uh, performance over one year period of time on certain equipments like the fight camp workouts. Check Mm -hmm. out the big fitness show with big Mike Barron's check out, uh, all the new trucks that he's buying and the on new, Russo uh, brand. He's got two reviews out with the smart board. Yeah. I was going to uh, great stuff. Yep, I was going to say that uh, the, the Patreon is Russo TWC, correct? I think they're, I think those first two are out on Russo's just YouTube for free. And Stevie's going to okay. develop his own Patreon. He was just doing testing ground to get it out there. But uh, response has been a plus on all that technology, man. Nobody's doing stuff like Stevie is right now. All right. So that's it for me, Ben. What about you? Oh, I appreciate it. That uh, the July eighth, I'll be in Cobleskill, New York, defending my immortal heavyweight championship. Uh, this one here, uh, and then the July sixteenth, I'll be in Saint Catharines, Ontario, defending uh, the Crossfire heavyweight title. So big shows coming up as well. Some weddings and everything else going on, but it's pretty much just locked into cannabis, briz, and getting HMG stuff done the next week because. Everything's moving at a serious pace here. So I'm just trying to do as much business as I possibly can. 
keep the shows uh, pumped out for you guys. But every day it's uh, <laughs> another uh, adventure and uh, another curveball to hit. So we're just trying to take it all as it comes, man. But I'm, I can't say thank you enough that for last minute filling in uh, for art of the beat of the V as he does his hot car, muscle car, funny car, biz, briz, and uh, check out everything we got going on. Best place to do that is the Hami media discussion. Whoa. Group. where you can get in on the watch alongs and uh, the pick them challenges and the meme culture and everything else going on in sports and wrestling and UFC entertainment, you guys. But uh, on behalf, I think we're up to 55 strong of HM G unit soldiers today live here uh, in the live chat, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media and youtube.com slash Ben Hameen. But as always, it's exclusively Behind the paywall, channelattitude.com. On behalf of the vet himself, it's Hacker Hameen commanding you infidels to get it done this week or feel the wrath of HMG. YOLO! <laughs> you want to laugh, Russo? Ding dong. Hello? <laughs>